Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Mort, and it is a very somber week for me, but I am joined by the second most handsome man in the Sutherland Shire, and that is Sutho Dan. How are you doing, buddy? Considering all the circumstances, Terry, I'm doing okay. It's, it was a tough, tough week. Uh, we saw our finals series really end, but um, I'm feeling good being in your presence, mate. That's what I'm going to focus on. It's, it's a very tough thing that you have just said that it's now the reality that our final series has ended and we're still a week. We're still technically two weeks from playing our first finals game. It's the reality, mate. The gravity of the situation. I think we all, all our hearts sank when, when he went down. You know, Royce Hunt being our superstar this year. And our Johnson got injured too, evidently, but uh, it was, was not a good night for us. No, it was um, it was a pretty awful, pretty awful night. Uh, I mean, in in terms of the game itself, let's get into it. The Sydney Roosters thirty four de- defeated our Cronulla Sharks eighteen. In in a game that I wasn't too unhappy about. I mean, there was again that capitulation in the first half, but in theory, at halftime the score should have been eighteen twelve because that second Mitch, Mitch Orbison try wasn't a try in my opinion. Oh, we were there, and don't get me wrong, you had a much better view than we did. But no one around us, including the Roosters, rusted on life members, even celebrated when the replay went two or three times. And then they said Mitch Orbison's grounded the ball, and it was just, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, it's, um, it was, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe that ruling. There was, I, I thought the rule was you had to regather and, and regain control. Now, now, putting the ball on your hip has never been complete control and then he just sort of fell on the ball but you know we the second half we started so well we had all the possession all the position all the field position and territory and we'd just been given a penalty and uh shawnee goes down um even still at 24 12 if he doesn't go down and and we can capitalize get some repeats let's tie them out and get a try it's game on but you know he, he goes down and and you know Fair play, the Roosters just took advantage of that. Always got the feeling the Roosters were too good, even with Johnson on, even though we had a lot of the ball. I think we ended up with like 58% possession overall, which was pretty great to start. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I always felt the Roosters were too good, but you're absolutely right. If Johnson stays on, we get her a few repeat sets, and we do we do jag a try. Who knows what happens? Because they had a player Simbin later on. You know, Obviously, it changes one thing changes the next thing. But if that happens, maybe with Johnson we can take advantage and it becomes a game. I mean, I'm still calling a Roosters victory, but in terms of the game itself, yeah, we weren't blown off the park like I thought we were going to be. It was, it was a pretty good effort. Well, who played halfback when Johnson went off? Like, who, who who was in there with Connor? Uh, it looked like Scott Sorensen. We had no idea from what we thought is maybe Dugan goes to fullback 
and you put Kennedy in there, but Dugan was on one leg, so he couldn't do that. So we were like, oh, maybe Chalakai seems to be the answer to everything, but I suppose Sorrow makes sense. Yeah, it was more... I, I don't really think there was a 5-8. I think it was just whoever was in position to shovel a pass. Um, but yeah, look, it was... Uh, the, the one thing that impressed me when Sean Johnson did go off was we didn't look directionless, but we didn't have the stinging attack of that second playmaker. And I guess that's where the advantage of having Connor Tracy on the bench in the past has been because if someone has gone down or we saw when Braden Trindle got hooked against Newcastle, you can put another half on there. Um, and, you know, also the, the luxury of having Wade Graham, but he was suspended. But, um, yeah, look, overall it was a game that I'm not I'm not too disappointed in. Now, there was some ridiculous hot takes by um, the media afterwards saying, you know, this is the, you know, don't worry about this. The Roosters had four players ruled out before the game and they still dismantled the Sharks. We had our players missing during the game. It's, you know, the Roosters prepared for those four players out of the game and they replaced them adequately. We ended the game with 15 players. That's that's the shit part of that take that I didn't like. Uh, and then Dave Riccio got on his high horse and blocked everyone. I saw that. I think I'm the only one who's not blocked. Although I haven't seen him for a few days, so there's a good chance I was blocked by associations, mm. as I usually am with you, um, you troublemakers. But, <laughs> you know, it's the company I keep. Yeah. Um, but what were your thoughts on that with with the uh, with him coming out and saying, you know, the Roosters had four players missing, um, you know, and... and you know, obviously we lost our players during the game. What's your take on that? Look, they were missing four players, let's be honest. They were missing a pretty handy player in Tedesco. But it's not like they replaced him with, you know, Nathan Stapleton or something. They brought in Joey Manu shifted to fullback. And he's a superstar fullback who plays for 10 of the other teams. So it's not like we were running up against like a reserve grade team like we are this weekend. As you said, the Roosters prepared all week for this. The game plan was done. You take... Sean Johnson out of any team in the world, especially this Cronulla outfit, they're going to fall apart. Fafita was one of the 15, and he's not fit to play big minutes. Sorensen and Williams have been splitting minutes. Toby had to play more. It threw everything off. You know, maybe a try or two closer, and we don't cop those late couple to blow the scoreline out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Riccio got that one wrong. But he, he's a huge Shark fan, and he's always playing the anti-Shark to try and deter from that. You know, I know Rothfield does that a bit too, but I think that's more the wine than anything. But Ricky, Ricky is usually a good bloke. He must have had a, a bet on and, you know, I don't, I don't blame him for blocking you. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't blame him for blocking me either because I hit him with facts and stats and obviously proved myself right. But, yeah, look, overall, I, I guess the only part of the game that I was disappointed with was that, that 15-minute lapse that we talk about. And that was, you know... Um, uh, uh, what was his name? Isaac Liu uh, running through Jack Williams and Toby Rudolph. Um, and then, you know, just the, the normal Sharks capitulation that allows the other team to blow the game out and win. And then, you know, we either, we either, you know, copper hammering or come back and try and make it look respectable. I'm kind of happy that we dug our heels in and fought back. And I think that try just on halftime to Ronaldo obviously gave us a bit of a boost because we started the second half firing and then obviously, you know, the injury to Sean. Now, that's the big talking point on this and it's not only talking about the remainder of the season, but it's now talking about next season as well and the implications that that has. Um, And, you know, you're seeing anywhere from five months to 12 months for his injury and recovery time. 
The one saving grace that I have from this is that Todd Carney tore his Achilles tendon in 2012 and he played round one in 2013. And we all know that he was a pisshead, whereas Sean Johnson is an absolute professional. So hopefully with his rehabilitation and his you know, professionalism, he can get on the field sooner because otherwise 2021 is looking pretty grim. Yeah, you, you, if it's 12 months, you write 2021 off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that serious. It's the one player that you could do that. Uh, for me, the most frustrating moment of the night was when Josh Dugan went down injured. Yeah. Elbow didn't put his hand up. Now, for the referee can't stop the game because he's, 100, he's 50 metres from play. The Roosters knew what was going on. They went down his side and they scored. And everyone in the stand around us was yelling, why didn't he stop the game? Our bloke's got to put his hand up and say, there's a serious injury here. You've got to stop the game. And the referee's got no choice, no discretion. He blows it off. They don't score that try. Now, I think under the rules, Dugan has to go off. But given how he played for the rest of the game, I don't think that was a bad idea because you shift Talakai in. You play with 12 if you need to rather than have Dugan out long term. You know how he is? Yeah. If he did something serious and then he, he made it worse, we're talking career-ending stuff here. Yeah. And we did get rinsed by Orbison on the night, which is another frustrating point. We need Josh Dugan at his best to be any hope against anyone decent. I, I just don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Put your hand up, call it off, get him off, put him in the ice bath, see you next week. Yeah, the, 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 the first part of that, you know, that frustrates me was... That injury happened on our try line and the tackle was completed and Dugan didn't get back up. So if Ben Cummins sees that, he actually can stop the game. He could he could have stopped it 10 metres out when Dugan didn't get up because our players and our captain at the time in Andrew Fafita was yelling to him that we had a player down. Now, the second part of it, it looked like we didn't know the rules because our trainers ran out there and they didn't even signal to the touch judge, the referee or anything like that. But you're right, by the time they got out there, the play was 40 metres down the field, and Ben Cummins isn't going to hear that anyway. So there needs to be a new process on how you can stop the game. Do they do they run out? Do you throw a flag? What are they going to do for a player who is down injured? The thing that fucked me off the most about that, though, was whilst it looked bad, Dugan continued on. Yeah. So... That's that's the part that annoyed me the most in this. Was he? What was the injury? We were at the game, so we didn't we didn't hear the commentary. It looked it looked like he hyperextended his knee. Um, you know, from the way that he carried on and laid down, I thought either a fractured kneecap or he had done his ACL. For him to then get a little bit of tape on it and continue on for another fifteen minutes, it was you know because that 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 try basically ended our night. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, I, the feeling from the game, and you can ask Jimmy and Rich, it was the only time I really got quite animated. It was otherwise a very good night. It was when that happened because I thought he'd done his ACL. Yeah. I was getting ready to tweet. I was like, it's it's over. Just just pull him off. Take the forfeit. We can't lose any more cattle. Then when he got up and started hobbling, I thought it still could be an ACL because some players play on. Then when he started running freely, I was getting annoyed like you. I was like, we couldn't get up and do it. Like, I know injuries hurt. I've never done anything that serious, you know, other than a shoulder injury. So it didn't affect my ability to run. But for him to play on, I would have felt better if he went off. I know it's very selfish, but you're right, that it did end the game. But for our trainer not to throw his hand up, because I think the process is one of the linesmen either stays in line or keeps an eye on. I can't remember the exact mechanics of it, but the video ref, 
I'm sure can see that. And it only takes one thing in the earpiece. He scored the stoppage, and that try has never scored. Who knows? They might have scored off the next set anyways. It doesn't matter. But, yeah. like, you got to limit those things. Just but that, but, your shit. But that, that's the thing that they, you know, they're trialling all these new rules now. You've got to try something, you know, whether, you know, if the touch judges do go up the other end of the field with the play, because by the time the trainers got out there, we were on the halfway line, the Roosters were on the 40-metre line, Josh Dugan's on the try line. So whether you have a radio to one of the touch judges or you have a radio to the video referee and say, hang on a minute, this guy's injured, you've got to tell him to stop play. Um but yeah, for it, it just it looked like amateur hour. Um, the other thing as well for Dugs, like it was it was a hyper extension. Now I've done a hyper extension ACL, MCL, PCL. Um, I've got you know the the knees of an eighty year old man basically, and it hurts when I wake up in the morning and walk down the set of stairs. But if it was a hyper extension, he literally could have got up and hobbled back into place and fallen over in front of the referee and asked for the game to be stopped. Um, yeah, it was that that really was frustrating there. But obviously, you know, this is a brutal contact game and and it's just a point of frustration. You know, you've got to take it on face value that Dugan was injured because he did come off at the end of the game and he hasn't been named this week. The other injury as well on a night of poor you know, I said we finished the game with fifteen players, we actually finished the game with fourteen players. Royce Hunt has uh ruptured the his patella tendon. Now not many athletes come back from that. There's a couple of uh, a couple of players. Greg Oden, who was the number one draft pick in the NBA um, and was supposed to be the next most dominant center outside of Shaq, ruptured his patella tendon and had a terrible career. A guy named Andre Robertson from the Oklahoma City Thunder ruptured his patella tendon. It took him two years to come back. Um, and you're talking a sport with you know less physicality and less demand. Um, yeah, it's it's not a good one for Royce. I don't think we see him in twenty twenty one. It didn't look it didn't look good. Johnson, you know, when he came off he had the hands up and he was waving and you could tell he was he was devastated, but he was like, Look, this is you know, I'll be back. But Royce Hunt just looked dejected. And when they bought the Medicab out there, the joke was that he was gonna have to carry the Medicab off. Yeah. But he did not look comfortable on there at all. I mean, the poor bloke and that is a humongous human being who's been taught from very young to hide pain. You just see it on his face, the poor bloke. You know, yeah. obviously we wish him the best because he's been an absolute revelation this yeah. year. And he is just a monster human being in every way. Yeah. It just sucks, but yeah. that, that's the game. I really hope we see him back next year. But what's he got, a two-year contract? Or yeah, he, he, he signed a two-year contract. The, the, the thing about that for Royce as well, and... You know, he went when he, he stayed down, and obviously you've got to stay down because that's apparently one of the most painful injuries you can do. He got up and and he was kind of asking the trainers to carry him off, and the, <laughs> Daniel Holdsworth just looked around. He was he was like, "Are you fucking kidding me or what?" Like, let's get this medicab out and let's get this. <laughs> when he stood on it, and he only stood on it with one leg, the thing looked like it was going to go up on two wheels. It did. We um <laughs> we had a good laugh at the thing, you know. It was a very negative situation. We tried to make light, but uh, it was uh, was leaving divots as it came off. He's just fucking humongous. Yeah, look, the the other thing as well, and and I know you know I don't want this to you know sound sound as shit as it as it could, but you're talking about Sean Johnson. He might not play in in 2021, and essentially it might have been his last Sharks game. Um, he's on he's on a million dollars a year. You're talking about a guy who's literally bounced around the league from WA 
to, I think he was at Canterbury, then he went to Canberra, he's come to Cronulla, he's fought for his spot, he's on 85,000, he's re-signed next year for apparently not much more, and and you're talking about he might not get a game in, in 2021, my heart really, really breaks for Royce Hunt, because as you said, we, we laughed when he was making his debut against uh, the Dogs, and we were like, well, you know, we're going to have Fafita, Ueli, and Royce Hunt on the field at one time, fuck me. He's just about my favourite prop, and I was literally this week calling for him to start over Ueli. Yeah, absolutely. I think someone's got to start over Ueli. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but uh, yeah, he um, oh, no, no, not the best game from our starting props. That Ian Woods. I'll tell you what, Aaron Woods. There is no player in the competition who has highs like Woods and lows like Woods. And we've said it before. You know, in the first few minutes, and I think he made an error very early on. He had a stupid fucking pass that we could see from like 50 metres away and the grandstand was going to go down. He, I think he gave away an early penalty to miss tackle. He got the, the trifecta in about the opening minute and a half and we all just said, book him, just sit him down. It's not his night. And I don't think that could be more right. What the hell's going on with Toby? Why do they leave him on five minutes too many? It's like they wait for him to make a fatigue mistake, then pull him off. So yeah. well, what the fucking good comes from that? Yeah, look, the, the other thing was, you've, you've just seen in the last two weeks, Toby shouldn't be starting. And the fact that we had Sorensen and Royce Hunt, uh, sorry, Sorensen and Jack Williams on the bench, only weighs further that Toby should have been coming off the bench on the night. Now with Woods, uh, he didn't he didn't miss a tackle in the um, in the opening exchanges, but he did throw that pass that we put down. Um, I think it was Ueli put it down, um, and obviously the Roosters scored off that, and he did give away a set restart, but. Our starting props didn't play many minutes, and that was that was what was really frustrating when you see the fatigue injuries, and, and you could see the fatigue in Toby, you could see the fatigue in Royce Hunt. Um, you know, obviously Scott Sorensen's a machine, and, and he never gets tired as well. But, you know, Woods played, I think, 32 minutes. Because um, he, he, only, he, he only attempted 19 tackles and had 10 runs, and it, it just seemed like... The, the one thing that I'm very questionable about with John Morris this year is his use of the bench and his game plan. And he, he, he sort of really got he really got it wrong on the weekend. It felt it. Again, we were in the stands and we were a long way away. Brilliant ticket. Shout out to Rich who, who used his rich guy connections and mm. got us super seats. But um, so we, we weren't really, you couldn't really see what was going on in a close nature. But yeah, it, it didn't look good. It, having Sorensen and Williams on at the same time sort of, I mean, you said it perfect. They're the same player, you know, except one can tackle and one can't. But again, we'll get to that in a second. I, I just, I could tell Toby was tired after twenty minutes. Yeah, when when, when he minutes, when he took he those break. when he took those two inside balls from a standstill, that was that yeah. was that right there. You know, after the first one, get him off. After the second one, you've definitely got to get him off. And then you know, five minutes later, he's still on the field and he misses that tackle on Isaac Lee. Spot on. It's not what he's there for. And, I mean, the guy is – you bring him on with 18 or 16 minutes to go to halftime. He's your best player until halftime. Then for the next 20 minutes, he's brilliant. And then you pull him off and put the experienced guys on. That worked all year. And suddenly we change it. And he's named the same setup this week. And I honestly don't know if there's going to be that late change. There should be. Sorensen should start. And Toby should play those middle yeah. minutes. How good was Fafita? Because he looked humongous on the night. Yeah, yeah, Fafita was really, really good. He, he, he made some good meters. Um, I mean, in terms of our forwards, 
Uh, only three of them got over 100 metres, and, and Scott Sorensen led the way. I thought he was arguably our best player. Um, uh, you know, Toby made 132, uh, Fafita made 141. But Fafita ran hard and straight, and that was something that you don't see him do. And he really took the challenge to that Roosters pack, and I think he wrestled momentum back in our favour. Both times that, you know, when, when we lost it, he sort of came up with a charge and a tackle that, that got momentum back for us and stopped it from being an absolute blowout. He looked good from the stands. Honestly, he looked real good. He looked fit too and he looked happy. He was yeah. smiling and laughing on the sideline. And then when he went on, he wasn't smiling and laughing. Man, he was in beast mode. Yeah. Really have to have to feed it back if he's going to come back in that kind of mood. Yeah, I thought um as well, like, this week, you know, name obviously we've named... Wade Graham and, and Connor Tracy and Braden Trindle's in the 19. I really hope that um, Braden Trindle is a late inclusion because I, in terms of game management, I don't think Connor Tracy's there for it. Um, obviously, he's he's played his whole career as a number six, so and he's more of a runner. And then you've got Wade Graham, who is nothing but a runner these days. So I, I kind of hope that Trindle's going to come in for, you know, probably Jack Williams because, I mean, Jack didn't offer much on the weekend. He offered nothing. He was the Roosters' best player. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Jack was, well, maybe he was our worst player as well, but, yeah, it was, I don't know. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't, I don't, I don't know. It's really strange to say that we've lost by 16 points to a Roosters team that were missing some players, and I'm not too dejected for it. Because I honestly think that, again, I'm saying that Orbison trial wasn't a try, and if Sean Johnson stays on and we can build some pressure, it's a different ball game. Absolutely. I just, I can't, Orbison was allowed to score two tries. Yeah. One yeah. wasn't a try, but that, that's just, that's not good enough. But, well, I mean, we, we went in knowing that we weren't going to win this game, and I think that's helped a lot. It was a spirited performance. Ronaldo's tries really, you know, they were genuine highlights. There was some good footy played. I'm not dejected either, but it's just, in terms of title chances, it's like, nah. Just. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think you and I were both kind of a little bit optimistic this year, but as the season's gone on and, you know, obviously we haven't really challenged since, you know, uh, post-COVID, we haven't really challenged any of the top teams because you're having a look, we, we lost to the Melbourne Storm by two points and we lost to the Rabbitohs by four points. But that was, you know, different rules, different competition. We've come back in after lockdown and yes, we've done our job in beating the teams that we are better than and beating the teams that are below us. Um, but yeah, there's there's a big leap between the teams above us. And I think that goes, I don't think that goes down to head coaching. I think that goes down to conditioning i think it goes down to our uh attacking structure i think it goes down to our defensive structure as well now obviously a lot of our our assistant coaches are walking we're going to do uh, a little segment later on some names we've been linked with and also some players we've been linked with this week um but you know i think if there isn't you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be much of a change in personnel so there needs to be a change in structure somewhere otherwise it's just going to be the same next year because you have a look at the teams like the Warriors and the Titans, and we could, you know, we, we could be the ones that are essentially making that slide down the ladder that we don't need to make. Especially with Johnson now. Yeah. I think this is any sort of time next year, absolutely, because they're all recruiting and getting better. Yeah. You know, you got these kids coming through at Manly and stuff, you know, okay, not great, but they come in with good pedigree. Yeah, there's absolutely a chance we slide next year. 
I think what we need to do is sit all the boys down and say, I don't know how you teach this, but say, don't be fucking idiots. Yeah. Because our, the majority of our errors come from mental weakness. And I don't mean that as, that as a shot, as a genuine, oh, that's too hard, so I'm going to give up. And they don't put the body on the line. Yeah. He, uh, what's his name? Williams. Strongest bloke in the world gets beaten one-on-one by a bloke who's, you know, looking at him isn't as strong as him. That's purely attitude. Then for him to go a second time higher, Jimmy said it on the night. Why didn't he go with the legs? Mm. The guy's pushed him away and he's gone back again. Go with his legs and chop him down. You've missed the first contact. You have to make that tackle. Mm. As soon as they broke free, Will Kennedy standing there like a deer in headlights. Had no hope of stopping that try. They scored. Completely different game after that. The fucking penalties we give away. This I swear we give away a six again every set. Mm. If I don't hit whistle during a set. I feel like I should go buy a lottery ticket or put a ridiculous multi on because all the luck in the world. I don't notice that with any other teams. I know the numbers aren't too different, and it is because I'm watching more closely at the Sharks, but they're frustrating six against. Not hold down, hold down, okay, defensive line set up. Oh, we gave away six again. It's a stupid push or fucking Ramian throwing that guy in the touch when he got up to play the ball. It almost two plays on, and then he throws him in the touch. That fucking shit doesn't fly at this level. Yeah, and the the, the person who's really frustrating is Blake Braley just never gets to mark a square. No, he's, he's, I he's, swear that guy can't see straight. He's missing an eye or something's wrong there because he lines up happy smiley a metre and a half offside every time he gets the marker. But yeah, they're, they're the frustrating ones um, to give away. But look, overall, the, the, the positives on the night, I think when we went down 6-0 early... Um, you know, just I think the vibe on social media, I imagine the vibe amongst our supporters would have been, well, here we go. This is just the start of the onslaught. Um, we put on a nice shot on Daniel Tupo, got the turnover, and Johnson put that ball to Talakai. And again, you got the Talakai smile. He went through the gap and he looked back at Luke Keery and laughed before he scored. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, not Luke Keery, Kyle Flanagan. That was beautiful football. Yeah. Hey, Katoa. He made that huge break yeah. and he seemed to be okay. Is he injured or what's going on? Yeah, I, look, I don't know if he's injured or not, but he's not the winger that I would have been resting this week. Now, not that Ronaldo did anything wrong in this game. I thought I thought Ronaldo was brilliant in this game. Um, and he's definitely one who, you know, again, like Fafida, made big charges to, to wrestle some momentum back for us. But he just looks like he's the one person who, out of our wingers who needed a rest. But... You know, maybe Katoa, he's been copping knocks because he definitely puts his body on the line. But that break that he made just before half time to get, you know, for the Ronaldo try was a thing of beauty. Um, I'm kind of happy with some of the, the lineup this week. I'm not happy that we uh, we didn't get to see Franklin Pele. Um, there's a couple of other players I thought were a little bit unlucky not to get in the team. So maybe we can talk about that now, Daniel, instead of talking about this game because. The more I think about it, the more depressed I'm getting. Let's do it. I'm happy to move forward. Yeah, look, I think that was a that was a pretty good wrap of, you know, what the game was overall. As I said, it, it sucks that we lost and it hurts with the injuries, but I'm not I'm not too disappointed because I think I went into that game with really really low expectations. Now, there was an absolute meltdown on social media about the team that the Sharks have named this week. Everyone was like, "This is an absolute joke. We're going to lose by 900." And then everyone saw the Raiders team. And you're like, you know what? We're probably going to win this. <laughs> if we don't, this is the ultimate 
power move by Ricky Stewart. Yeah. Because if we don't beat this team, we go to Canberra defeated and they smash us. If we do win this, they go, oh, well, Nickel Clark said Papali, Whiten, all these guys are back, so fuck you. It's just, it's a genius move. He's conceded fourth place as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, uh, pretty smart as well for, for Ricky because... We, us and the Raiders are now on the opposite sides of the Panthers, providing they win week one of the finals. And the way that the Panthers are playing at the moment, you're probably more of a chance of knocking off a Melbourne or a Roosters than you are the Panthers because they just, you know, we, we say it every year about the Storm, there's got to be a slide. I, I kind of say it every week about the Panthers, there's got to be a slide. It doesn't seem to be a slide coming with that team at the moment. They have adapted to these rules so good. So good. Forward packs built for it. Yeah, their forward pack. But not only that, it's like their their forward and some of their like their forward pack at the beginning of the year. You and I bagged and said it was pretty average. Their forward pack is kind of built like ours, but they're just smarter. <laughs> they're definitely smarter. Yeah. I don't Plus, they got they got players like Crichton, who's a downright freak. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent Naden, who's come come good. Mm-hmm. Toto, who is just a genius. And Josh Mansell has remembered how to play football. It's just everything's fallen into place. Yeah, it, that's but 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 thinking let's avoid banners. But not only that, let, let, let me let me say this to you uh, now, Daniel. And I've just got to click on the player for this uh, season. So let me just let me tell you. Let, let me give you this as a stat between James Fisher Harris and James Tarmo. They have given away nine penalties in nineteen games. In 19 games, Aaron Woods has given away 12 penalties. That just that just that shows you the level of discipline that has been installed in that Panthers team compared to ours. But anyway, the um the the Sharks lineup this week, I was I'm, I'm kind of happy. Like, well, I'm very happy to see Nana McDonald in. I'm very shocked that we've seen Hiroti in the centers over Goodwin. I'm very disappointed the way Graham's been named in the six, the forward pack. You know, is exactly. The same. I thought this would be this would have been the perfect game to name Wade Graham in the thirteen. I am hoping against hope that that happens because I cannot see a world where we go into a game with Wade Graham in the halves in twenty twenty, unless it's Sean Johnson standing behind or beside him. Yeah, Connor Chase and he, you know, maybe or maybe this is what they need. Maybe he said, you know, I'm the skipper. Put me at six. And yeah. if, if he said that, okay, you know, you gotta you gotta go with the experienced player. I can't believe Trinder wasn't named. This just seemed like the perfect opportunity. If you're going to play Wade Graham at six, Trindle has to be seven, not Connor. Yeah. You can't have both. It's just like he's thought, what will annoy Daniel and Terry the most? Let's go with that. But I mean, I'm this... with you. They should have picked Pele too. And if Jackson Ferris is fit and they have picked Herodi over him, watch the fuck out on Monday because I'm going nuclear. Yeah, and the other thing as well is I think that this would have been the time to, again... Trindle should have been in the seven. Wade should have been uh, in the thirteen. Uh, I think Billy Magoulis, um probably could have come onto the bench for one of Sorensen or Williams. Um, and then you know what? Give Ueli uh, a rest for uh, Franklin Pele. And what's the harm in, in giving Vasquez a game? Yeah, that's another one I would have done too. I just I don't know what they're trying to achieve this week. There's just Williams has got to go as far as I'm concerned. I, I know he has his good game every now and then, but his bad games are just they're too bad for this level. Yeah. Sorensen, I'm really happy with Sorensen. He, yeah. He's the one. 
that that's undisputed now. That fight's over. Yeah. Yeah. Am I a huge fans of? I'm happy with his inclusions. Yeah. But when I saw that they didn't blood a young forward, yeah, opportunity missed because <laughs> fucking if you will, your woods go down, then we're calling on a bloke that hasn't played first grade to come in in the final. That's yeah. not what you want. Exactly. And and this this is you know when you have a look at at the the Canberra pack. It you know Havili's their lock, Harawira and Ira and Young are their back rowers, and then you got Soliola, Starling, and Luai. Uh, sorry, Dynamis Dena- uh, Louis is their other front rower. This would have been the perfect opportunity to you know Franklin Pele go and have twenty minutes. I, I, I don't I, look. I, I don't. What what's going to hurt? We're we're not we're not missing the finals. It's not as if this. It's not as if Canberra. Uh, uh, rolling in this horrendous team and we've got to name a squad to win to get into the finals. We did our job by beating the Warriors. No one can leapfrog us. Now was the time. Jackson Ferris should have had a game. Trindle should have had a game. And you're right. You know, Pele and, and Vasquez should have had a game as well. Uh, and maybe Billy Magulis because, you know, you're talking about why Graham's a little bit injury prone. What if he goes down with an injury? What if Woods? What if Ueli? What if someone gets suspended and then you, you know, our depth is being tested at the moment You've then got to call on a kid who hasn't played a game of first grade football. Exactly. Or, or, or the other thing as well is, you know, if someone does get injured and we've got to call on Billy Magoulas, he hasn't played since round three, so he's got no fitness. Like he's he's that, probably he's probably fit. He's got no match fitness though. That's all I can think with Pele. Maybe they're scared to put him in and risk an injury. Or Vasquez. I just oh, Vasquez is the one that does all the WWE stuff on his Instagram. So he's flying around and mm. see, it looks like he's in fucking peak shape. Mm. I, I just, I, I don't get it. I love the, the Nana McDonald in. Yeah. I don't Brody, although I rate that over uh, Goodwin. Goodwin's done his job. He came in, he filled in for those couple of rounds. Um, go back to England. My, that, that's done. Yeah, my, my only thought with Goodwin is that he would have been one or two games away from getting that um, guaranteed extension. And I think that that money is going to go to, uh, it has to go to Jackson Ferris. Um, so like if, if that's the case, why we've picked Herodi in the centers that I'm all for it. The other thing as well is Herodi's a speedster. Really quick. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's only had one game for us, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't judge him too harshly. Maybe no. this is his, his and, 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 and look, the other thing, like I, I'm not here to make excuses or, or whatever, but you know, he had the, the one game and, and someone from North Sydney pointed out, well, he played on the opposite side of the field to what he did in New South Wales Cup when he scored all those tries and was in the team of the year and was the leading point scorer and made all the line breaks and stuff. So, okay, live with that. But, you know, now he's getting his opportunity again to, you know, maybe show that he's worth um, persisting with next year. Um, the the Canberra backline, I don't know half of these players. Um, so we're just going to go into the team that Canberra have named now. Cook... Uh, what's his name? I don't know his first name. I can't even click on him. He doesn't exist. Um, Valamai and, and Kotrick are on the wing, so that's their starting wingers. But Tomoko and Smith Fields, and then the halves are Frawley and Sam Williams. You put that in with Soliola, Starling, uh, Dynamis Louis, Harawira Naira, Hudson Young, Havili. Their bench is O'Donnell, Sutton, Medlin, and Sublu. Yeah, we should be winning this game. We should. What What do they got? Five genuine first graders in that side. Uh, two. Six. Co- co- oh, yeah, maybe five. Yeah. Six, maybe uh, six. Yeah, Hudson Young. Yeah, yeah. So six, six first graders. Um, yeah, we should be beating them. 
I genuinely think Ricky Stewart's gone, go and have fun, and if we beat Cronulla, so be it. Just don't get injured. Yeah. I, I find the Kotrick inclusion a weird one because you've picked everyone else, unless Kotrick's said, no, I want to keep playing. Well, also... I, I, also as well, I think that um, this being Kotrick's last season with Canberra, because uh, I, I I said that as well. I said, you know, he's um, why is he being played? And, and someone came back and said, it's his request because it's his last year with Canberra and he wants to, you know, win as many games and score as many tries as he can. Um, there, there was a simpler solution to that. Don't sign for the fucking Bulldogs. Yeah, look, true. I think, I think Rapana's um, going to come back in on his money take Kotrick's spot next year. I think that's the reason. But yeah, we, we should wipe this team. It's yeah. a New South Wales Cup team with a sprinkling of first graders. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can play like a New South Wales Cup team with that same sprinkling. Yeah. So, so Aussie actually jumped into the DMs and said that on their on their version of this amazing podcast, they're referring to it as a New South Wales Cup decider. Um, we're defending premiers, so there's a lot of Newtown players playing for us. So I don't, I don't dislike that. I'm yeah. not putting the trophies on the line. They're ours. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he's, this has the potential to be a New South Wales Cup game. Yeah. But I'm going to be on the hill, so fingers crossed we, we, can, we can get one more win and sing up up Cronulla one more time. Are you, are you going there for Richie's birthday? I'm going. I've got the kids, so unfortunately I can't partake in the 36 beverages, but I will be there, yes. No, I'm, I'm at a wedding, so... Uh... You know, while one of my lifelong friends uh, is getting married, I will be watching the footy on my phone. That is, I will, that's on them for getting married in footy season. And worse, because if they booked this months and months and months ago, this would be prelim final week, which is horse shit. Yeah, look, uh, don't really care because we wouldn't have been there. That's true, but even so, I had a mate got married on grand final day, AFL. I spent the whole day bitching. Found out the game went to a draw in the next week. Didn't watch it. Oh, that was in 2010. That was uh, Collingwood and uh, St Kilda. Kilda, that's the one. And yeah. I was shitty all day that I couldn't go home and watch grand final. Then the next week when they did the replay, didn't watch a single fucking bounce. Good. So, I love that. I love hearing that. Um, you thinking we win this weekend? I'm, I'm confident. I don't, I don't love the side, but I think we... This has to be Jesse Ramian's biggest game of the season. Yeah. He's been atrocious over the last few months. That's probably too strong a word. He hasn't been very good the last few months, mm-hmm. and he's going to be marking up a guy who is New South Wales Cup worthy. Mm-hmm. He's got to be our man of the match. Mm-hmm. If that happens, we win. Okay. Now, let's. Uh, I'm thinking that we're going to win this game, and we're going to win it quite comfortably. Um, so let's talk about a couple of headlines that have come out this week. One is... Apparently, this is the worst. Uh, Cronulla Sharks will be the worst team in history of the finals, despite the Brisbane Broncos making the finals last year on a losing record. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans also made the finals in 2016 with a losing record as well. I don't really care that we haven't beaten a top eight team. You've just got to beat what's in front of you, and you've got to beat who's behind you. Uh, and if you're better than eight other teams, you're making finals football. That's exactly what I wrote to zero tackle. Yeah. That and also forget this this year is four games short. So we might have won those four games against top four teams. Yeah. So this year's gonna asterisk decide it no matter what happens. Mm. But yeah, I don't I don't pay any attention to that. But it gives a fuck. We're in the finals. If you want to be better than us, yeah. beat us and be better than us. They yeah. couldn't do it. Fuck them. 
now, with the injury to Sean Johnson, some names have been thrown up uh, via media as well as to who can be solutions for the Sharks. Uh, now, there's talk that Luke Metcalf from Manly is potentially coming back. Um, there's a different reason why I've heard that Luke Metcalf might be coming back. And that's because I've been told that Braden Trindle has rejected a contract offer and he's not going to re-sign with Cronulla um, because he wants to, you know, he wants to play first grade football, which really hurts because he, you know, he's definitely, he would have been a halfback of the future had he stayed. Um, but then there's also the quick fix of Benji Marshall or Kieran Foran. What are your thoughts on either of those players? Uh, well, I wouldn't sign Metcalf. He's a dud. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Moylan is not going to be 100% fit, then I'm looking to Benji Marshall. Yeah. Because one year fix, cheap, we can't afford a lot. Hopefully Johnson's back by round six or seven, and then Benji can be in now the squad. I want him in around the young kids because he's a superstar off the field. Yeah. He's good on the field. You know, he's not the Benji Marshall of old, but with Benji Marshall, you know what you're going to get. If we throw Connor Tracy and Chad Townsend in there next year, don't bother turning up. It's not going to be. Good. Yeah, look, that's that's the thing that hurts the most. And whilst I'm an advocate for for Connor Tracy this year, because I, I, you know, I, I think that one, he's earned it, and two, um, he whilst he he hasn't really put a foot wrong, and I think he has been a little bit better than Trindle in games. Um, if we're going next year and our six and seven is Connor Tracy and Chad Townsend, then we're in a spoon battle. Yeah, we are in spoon battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Benji as the one you fix. Yep. I don't think Foran can stay fit. Benji's proven he can stay fit. Mm-hmm. And if we need... Then if Johnson is slow coming back, it's not a rush. Yeah. It's a one-year fix. And at the end of next year, there's a lot of talent off contract. Yeah. And we have a lot of money. Yeah. So I, I want a quick fix in out. Yeah, look, uh, someone, someone mentioned it before Johnson's injury do we bring Benji Marshall in for a year and play him next to Sean Johnson? And I was like, absolutely not. Um, but not for reasons on talent-wise. It was more because Benji dogged us and went to the Dragons in the year that we really needed his help. Um, now I'm all for it. And if we can get Sean Johnson back in between round one and five, and you're telling me that we can have 20 games of Sean Johnson and Benji Marshall, then I'm all for it. Um, and as you said, if, if Johnson, you know, his rehab you know, doesn't go as accordingly and he's gonna be a little bit slower coming back than than we do have uh we do have that that option for Benji Marshall. But yeah, if, if next year our, our halves are Connor Tracy and, and Chad Townsend, um we yeah, we're we're in the bottom four. Absolutely. Uh the other name that got tossed up on the night was Aiden Caesar. Yep. Yep. I, I like that. For one year. No. If he comes back it'll have to be a three year deal. Yep. So we've got to decide Either Chad's got to give notice that he's leaving at the end of this end of next year, or Johnson is going to move on, retire, whatever. Yeah. So that's risky. I love Caesar. He'd be the one I'd pick for a year, mm-hmm. but he's not going to come back for a year. No, no. Uh, if if there is any chance of Aiden Caesar, and even if he says four or five years, I'm taking it. Um, the other name as well that was thrown up from the English Super League coming back to us was Blake Austin. Yeah, another one. Bring him back for a year. You gotta take a risk. Mm-hmm. Chad Townsend, proven he's not up to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And Honor, I, I actually think before I mention it, but just jump back to the reason we didn't name Trindle this this week is because he's told us he's not resigning. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, thought, well, fuck it. He's in the see you later basket, which sucks. Yeah. But if we're gonna have Connor next year, not 
Trindle mm. if I can't. Yeah. Uh, have, have have you have you heard uh, a link for Trindle at the moment? Um. Well, the Titans isn't the team I've heard, but I, it doesn't make sense. No. No, the team that I heard was the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos make sense. He can play halfback up there, yeah. but he and Milford, uh, yeah, good luck. Well, he, he and Dearden with Milford at fullback. Dad, that's better. Yeah. He and Dearden, I like that. Um, another name that has been tossed up because we need we are a, a front row short is Aiden Tolman on a year. Uh, like it or hate it? Don't hate it. It doesn't thrill me. But if we can get him for cheap, throw him in for a year. It's a quick fix. Yeah. It's not like we can pull a bloody Payne Haas for a year. Yeah. You get what's available. And I think Tom is not going to let you down. And he's not going to play big minutes. If he comes off the bench and plays the Royce Hunt role on a cheap, yeah, why the hell not? Yeah, the, the, uh, someone threw some stats at me about Aiden Tolman this year. 144 metres and 31 tackles at 98%. Uh, his discipline and ball handling is really good as well. Obviously, we, we can't give him those ridiculous fourth tackle hit-ups that he takes. But... Um, it, if Aiden Tolman's going to be cheap and he's going to come to us for a year, and, and again, you know, play, you know, play thirty minutes off the bench with Fafita, I guess I'm 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 good with it for a year because 2021 is obviously the uh, t- sorry 2022 is the year when we're going to be able to throw more cash at some some better players. So you know, if we've got to plug the holes with a couple of Mister Fixits, um, Aiden Tolman's a good Mister Fixit. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. It's all about 2022 now. Yeah. If Johnson is not back by round six next year, mm-hmm. I'm looking to it 2022. Yeah. Again, the off-contract talent is ludicrous. Yeah. The salary cap's not set yet, but we've got three of our – or four, I think, of our highest money players off-contract, plus potentially Chad's money as well. Yeah. So we're the team that's in a spot mm-hmm. to say, hey, we will have the big – off-contract name. But yeah, Tolman in for a year, yeah, don't hate it at all. Uh, and then let's talk about some uh, assistant coaches who have been linked with us. Uh, first one, John Cartwright. Could be worse. I mean, he was a good assistant. Yeah. He's not a first-grade coach, but as an assistant. The, the only thing that terrifies me with John Cartwright is that Bryce will turn up with him. I, I was going to mention <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate the signing of Bryce Cartwright. No, I don't hate it. And, and, and I know we're probably going to get shot down. But again, if you're talking about a guy who wants to turn up to the club and try and, you know, rebuild his career and we're in a position where we need some people who can fucking ball play and, and play make, yeah, you know, what what's the harm in signing him and then making him earn his stripes through the Jets? That's it. One-year deals next yeah. year. Yeah. Take all the who cares. No yep. loss. And yeah, make him earn his stripes through the Jets. If New South Wales Cup's confirmed to be on next year, because it's still a little bit iffy, unfortunately. Yes, uh, but if if they, if they say you have to take both, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one name as well who has been linked with us and is firming by the day is Dean Pay. As an assistant, get him in. He seems to be a good club man. He got absolutely dragged over the coals at the Bulldogs. I don't. I don't blame anything that happened there on Dean Pay at all. No. And you're going to find that with Trent Barrett as well next year because the dogs are still going to be in a pretty dire situation. And uh, obviously, lastly, um, Dean Ritchie came out today and said that Shane Flanagan uh, will be holding talks with the board and 50% of our board are against bringing Flanagan back. 50%, uh, you know, they want him back. And apparently it's going to come down to what John Morris wants. Now, if John Morris is man enough to turn around and say, 
I would 100% take Shane Flanagan back as our assistant coach. It's a no-brainer. It has to happen. Absolutely. I think that even if we decide, no, we're not going to do it, if we start 0-3 next year, Shane Flanagan's there as assistant coach with a, hey, you bring your son back and you're the coach next year. Mm. I I would be shocked if both Flanagan's aren't back at Cronulla in 2022. I, I will be shocked if Shane isn't back in... Uh, 2021 from just the the rumblings that I've heard apparently um, you know this the the whole thing that's going against you know John Morris at the moment is he handpicked Craig Sandercock and he's turned out to be an absolute dud and, and he's gone to the dogs and it, the thing with rookie coaches is if you're going to invest in your rookie coach then you've got you, you can't have you can't have low quality around him. Like if you had brought John Morris in and he had Dean Pay and John Cartwright or Anthony Griffin and Matt Elliott next to him, you're probably going to see a different Sharks team as well. But the other thing about Shane Flanagan as well, if, if you can bring him back in, the what we've been missing since he left has been defensive starch. And if he's going to come in as our assistant coach for 2021 and teach these fucking idiots how to tackle and how to read a defensive line, I'm all for it. And I don't care if he's paid more than our head coach either. No, absolutely. Couldn't care less. I, I Look, Flanagan, you never forgive him for the crap he's put us through. But we need to win football games, and him as assistant is our best bet. John Morris will be looking over his shoulder. Yep. That's a good thing. Because yep. if doesn't matter if it's Flanagan or someone else. If Morris starts on 5 next year and gets the ass, you know, you put you put Dean Pay in until Flanagan can coach. Yeah. Well, we have to have a better plan than this. And if Morris starts five and zero, give him a contract, and Flanagan can, can sit as fucking assistant for the next couple of years till he gets a job elsewhere. No loss. Yeah, and that, that that's that's the thing as well is that Shane Flanagan isn't going to be short of of job offers, right? And he's got the opportunity to come back to Cronulla and rebuild his reputation at a place where he did tarnish it. And not many people get that opportunity to do that. So I think that would be big of him as well. And you're right. If, if John Morris starts 5-0 and and he gets a new contract and eventually somewhere down the line we have to replace him, then so be it. But if John Morris starts 0-5, he's not going to find a head coaching job again unless he goes over to the UK. Um, so... You know, I, I if if we can go into next season with two out of the three of Dean Pay, John Cartwright, and Shane Flanagan on our books, then I'm all for it. Me too, and I'm sure we're speaking to the same people. But are you finding the people that have said there's no way that Flanagan's going to come back, and now maybe, or I don't know, it's not a no no fucking way anymore. That seems to be the feeling I'm getting. Yeah. When you, when you first started mentioning Shane Flanagan coming back to the Shire, it was all like, absolutely not. That guy's house would get burnt down. And now it's like, I think he can come back quick enough. No, I, I want him signed ASAP. Yeah, can, can, we get, can we get him back for the finals? Like, <laughs> well, why not? we got a coach that's leaving. Just sit him, just furlough him and bring Flanagan back. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. I think mean, you've got to bring some steel in. Yeah. Ian Dean Paddy under Morris is heats better. But again, it's all about 2020. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, look, that's. I think that's about it from me. What about you? You got anything else? I love it, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing Richie's birthday this weekend. He's an absolute menace on the drink, and I can't wait. And on that note, I will catch you next week, Daniel. See you next week.
Up, 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 up